we're going to talk about a super special herb that they have just released, the beautiful, beautiful saffron. And we were just talking about how amazing it is as a flower. It is a phenomenal herb. One there that I quite liked that we didn't mention was not only those initial clinical trials for improving symptoms and effects of the mild to moderate depression, but it actually helped with excessive snacking behaviors. And the other thing that you've written in there that preliminary trials was for Alzheimer's as well. With the aging population, that's something that we really need to think about. Hello and welcome. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Sized Podcast. I got my words muddled there, and I've got Christine with us from the Herbal Extract Company. And we're going to talk about a super special herb that they have just released. So, obviously, it's a herb that's been around a long time. It is, after all, you know, what we do, we look at the traditional as well as the modern evidence. Um, but they have just launched the beautiful, beautiful saffron. And we were just talking before we came on about how amazing it is as a flower. And I tried to grow it and failed. So tell us what it looks like. Yeah, I will. I don't know if you can see. It's a very beautiful purple flower. You can see from the monograph here. You can even see. Oh, sorry. You can see the... Um, <laughs> You look closer, you can even see the stigma, mm -hmm. which is what's used in herbal medicine. It's a very um, rarely used plant part, actually. I have our raw material here. It's very exciting to have this amazing herd that's the most expensive oh. herb in the world. <laughs> It is. And it's it's not surprising. Each flower that grows out of the ground as a flower only has three of those stamens. Yeah. So growing that's them. That's so expensive. <laughs> you know, it's very, very, you know, as the person going around picking them, collecting the three stamens from each flower is very, you know, labor intensive. Yes. And you've got to grow a lot of them to be able to create this amazing herbal tincture. I mean, it's yeah. got a long traditional use. And when I first heard about it many, many moons ago, it was from a rep and she was saying that traditionally in her culture, they'd make it as a tea. So they'd have two stamens in as a tea for eyesight. Yes. So, and that was the way that they had it traditionally as part of their culture and her grandmother would drink two stamens every day in a cup right. of tea. We so, be high in antioxidants. Look at it, look how beautiful yeah, it is. And that the yeah. yellow is sticking to the side of the glass. So for those people who are watching the YouTube, you can see how amazing that touches on the side of the glass and how it grips and how it's an incredible, incredible saffron colour. It is the yeah, colour exactly. of the statement. So often when we see a herbal tincture, it doesn't have the same colour as what it's created from. But in that case, it really, really is saffron colour, saffron yeah. smell. It is very distinctive. The aroma that's coming here now is so, you know, sweet and delicious. It's very distinctive and, and so, you know, why it's used in um, cuisine as well. It's highly priced in cuisine and so, you know, it has this exceptional taste and like really unique aroma. And the reason, I mean, one of the, it, it, you know, because it's the sort of most expensive spice in the world, 
we have to be very careful because it also means it's one of the most adulterated. So that is one area, the making sure the identity and the quality we have to really test to make sure that it's not adulterated. You know, it can be adulterated with calendula, many, um, you know, flowers that are the same colour. I mean, there's a lot of documentation about adulteration of saffron, not just medicinal, but um, culinary as well. Yes, I yeah. can imagine because being so expensive and so unique. So when you, I might, we might actually go back a little bit. When you receive herbs, they're actually all checked, aren't they? So what do they do in the lab? When so, well, before it goes, because we're TGA, the Therapeutic mm-hmm. Association Licensed Manufacturing Facility, we are under their governance and it includes um, good manufacturing practices and so part of those. So we have a relationship with growers and suppliers. Mm-hmm. So um, they will send us a sample before we order it. And we'll test the quality and um, identity. So first of all, we're lucky because we don't make any sort of standardised herbs as in we're not altering the chemistry. We don't receive powders. So we, um, we receive, as you can see, and I'll show you in a few others, the actual raw material, which helps identifying it, makes that a lot easier um, yes. when it's in a powder. So we look at that and then in the lab, they'll look at that under a microscope um, and we have um, pharmacopoeias that will tell us what we need to be looking for as far as cell shapes and that sort of thing. And then um, then we'll also do chemical testing. So we have HPLC and TLC, so um, thin layer chromatography and high performance liquid chromatography. And that looks at all the different chemicals and we have pharmacopoeias and also testing standards that will tell us that that's the right herb. And once we are sure that we have a good quality, we've identified it to be the correct herb, then we'll put it into manufacture. I mean, that's a very basic rundown of what we do. And then at the end, um, we test it again. And then it also gets tested for aflatoxins and bacteria and and that sort of thing as well at the end. Yeah. So I did a, because we did a live, when I came to visit you in Sydney, or I visited the herbal extract company, we went through and we looked at all of those huge bags of herbs and how they're all inspected. And we also saw bags of herbs that were, were rejected because you'd they yeah. had contamination. So they'd gone to your lab, but because they'd gone to your lab and in your lab they'd discovered this isn't what it says it is on the can or in the bag. They then sent it for external verification as well. So a lot of, you know, it's not just that you're getting it from the same supplier, you're actually checking all of the batches to double check they really are what they say they are. And you're using external verification as well. So you've got a full lab there. You've got people doing the full lab all in their little, in their little glass room and their big machines. (laughs) (laughs) so you really are checking it says what it is so we know that when we get your herbal extracts we are really getting exactly what it says and in the case of the saffron what a stunner of a herb very beautiful and you know with the adulteration there's different like sometimes it's not intentional there might be a bag that was wrongly labeled and we've often well not often but it does happen we've picked it up just you know you can tell that that's not saffron They've mislabeled it. So before we even do any testing, we can straight away go, that's wrong. Then sometimes while crafting, there might be, you know, some other herbs um, accidentally put in or they they haven't um, identified the plant properly. And again, we do that just, we can already do that by looking at it. But, you know, there's other, sometimes when you do the HPLC and you do the TLC, 
it's when the chemicals start coming through that's you know it hasn't been easy to identify just by looking at it but once you look at the chemicals we'll be like that's not that profile is totally unmatching the mm. profile that we have and that's happening with certain things as well yeah. yeah we have to be very careful oh it's amazing the process that these go through and because we have the TGA in Australia, we're very, very lucky. You're not lucky because they come in and charge you like $1,000 an hour <laughs> for you to prove that what you say is happening is really happening. But that means, and they're there for two or three days, I believe, every three years or something. So, But that for us means that we can be really assured of your product, of yeah. the Australian-made product across all of the companies. So this yeah. isn't just you, but yeah, the yeah, GDA yeah. approved. Facilities, yeah. Yeah. And the facility is amazing. So there is some of that. If you go, if you're in strictly education and support peeps, then you can see that video in there. And the video is on the YouTube channel as well. But today in our podcast, so all the vision stuff is now finished for all you people listening. And we're going to talk about your new but old herb, saffron. Yeah. Yes. So tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, it's most famous. Is like over the last three decades, there's been a lot of increased scientific uh, attention paid to saffron, examining its uh, therapeutic uses, you know, cancer, again, as an adjuvant, cardiovascular disease and depression. And it's also nicknamed the sunshine spice. It's, you know, red gold. <laughs> Is you know, for those looking and um the golden spice, but it's also known as the sunshine spice because not just because of its colour, but because it brightens the mood. Mm. And saffron um has been used in traditional Persian medicine where a lot of the research has been done for treating depression. And depression is the strongest um scientific well, that's the condition for which we have the strongest scientific support. So I think that's why it's become so popular because mm. there seems to be, unfortunately, an excess of depression in our society. Yeah, yeah there's there's a lot of research, even from last year, uh, 2019. Mm -hmm. 14 milligrams twice a day was effective add-on. And again, this is exciting because they're taking, well, I haven't said it yet, but they're taking antidepressants, pharmaceutical antidepressants. Mm -hmm. We often get asked, Technical questions, can my patient take this herb with this drug? Mm. And often they're antidepressants because a lot of people seem to be being treated for either anxiety or depression. So this study found um, that, yes, you could, uh, saffron was an add-on to a pharmaceutical antidepression uh, in patients experiencing mild to moderate depression, not severe. So we have to sort of have the caveat it's mild to moderate depression. Uh, many of the people also reported improvements in their sleep and it is known to be good for insomnia. And then another, so, you know, they could take it with their antidepressants as well. And then there was another 2020 study this year, um, results 28-day um, random, you know, one of the gold standard trials suggesting that um, saffron intake is associated with improvements in sleep quality in adults with self-reported sleep complaints. So that's, you know, as well as um, depression, it's also good for sleep, which go together often. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it is a phenomenal herb and um, it's got, and then one there that I quite liked that we didn't mention was um, not only those initial clinical trials for improving symptoms and effects of the mild to moderate depression, but it actually helped with excessive snacking behaviours. And we could all do with a bit of help <laughs> with that, I feel. Especially now we're all working from home and the refrigerator is so close. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yes, it's not going to stop you from walking to the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, <laughs> you not have the need to walk to the fridge. <laughs> and the other thing that you've written in there that preliminary trials was for Alzheimer's as well, because yeah. with the aging population, that's something that we really need to think about. As that rep all those years ago, she said, "Oh, my grandmother, you know, ninety-five and still having her two strands every day for yeah. her eyesight." Whereas, of course, it might have actually been supporting so much more, you know, with yeah. her two strands a day. So, yeah, and that's exciting to have um, the research on Alzheimer's because I think yeah. from memory, I think it's the second biggest killer of, mm-hmm. of Australians in that sort of older age bracket, suicide yeah. is the biggest killer in the younger age bracket, unfortunately, so depression. But in the older age bracket, it's uh, after cardiovascular disease, which it's also good for, is um, Alzheimer's and um so this preliminary trial is 2020 this year. Wow. It's always great to have this yes. new research. Um, and it was on brain, it was promising, and it was shown to be equally effective to common symptomatic drugs for mild cognitive impairment and Alzheimer's disease. Wow. So that's great news. That is great news. Um, because, yeah, I mean, obviously Alzheimer's, it's better preventative medicine is, is the best. Yes. It looks like also as well as once someone's been diagnosed with it, that this is going to be a good treatment. Yeah, um, it's an absolutely phenomenal herb and um, as they do more and more research on it we learn more and more and we're able to use it and it's quite a low dose herb it's not a huge dose herb either especially because it's so expensive that's good because it's so high in these antioxidants you only need a small amount. Um, you don't want to take too much. There are, I mean, I've recently just finished the graph. It's the toxicity um, levels. I'll just have a look at them. That's uh, so not associated with toxicity ingested in amounts typically, you know, used in food yep. um, or in like in the dosing that we recommend. It's a 1 to 20. So yep. it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, not really, really strong as in like, so the dose, otherwise the dose would be too hard to give. Yes. So we have to make it, and plus it would be too expensive, so we have to make it in a 1 to 20. Um, however, it can be lethal after 20 grams a day. Right. But given that 30 to 50 milligrams a day is what's being recommended, yeah. it's very difficult to reach that. But, yeah, it's like yeah. It's strong. Yeah, it's very strong. It's an amazing. Yeah. I mean, look at it. It's look a at wide that. therapeutic index, yeah. Yeah, a wide therapeutic index. You can see, by the way, so those of you watching and those who have seen the herbal extract for themselves, the way it grips the glass is showing that antioxidant profile and that amazing skill that it has for such a phenomenal and expensive herb. Like you said, your um, friend or your, your rep, with yep. the um, eyesight, there's actually quite a bit of research on that. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, let me get to that one. Oh, yeah, so eye health, um, you know, as would be expected given yeah. its high level of carotenoids, yeah. um, it shows promise in eye health, especially for the retina. Um, so that has been researched in Australia, actually, in a double-blind trial in 2010. Mm. Um, 20 milligrams of saffron for 90 days um, associated with significant improvement in retinal function in 25 patients with age-related macular degeneration. And there's a few trials on this um, macular age-related macular degeneration. Um, glaucoma as well, increased pressure in the eye. Um, it seems to exert hypertensive effect on the ocular, uh, like reduce the intraocular pressure of the eye. 
Yes. And it's, you know, because there's oxidative damage, it plays a role in this. So anything that's highly antioxidant is going to help. So, yeah, and, the, and then, of course, it's, there's been studies on um, high blood pressure, obesity, diabetes, reproductive health. Mm. We had some great studies for PMS. Um, it was actually traditionally used as a facilitator in difficult delivery, So, um, but it's also for uterine pain in, in the menstrual cycle and regulating the menstrual cycle. And there has been a study showing that it can shorten the delivery process. However, you wouldn't want to take it early on in the pregnancy. So just right at the end with deliveries is what it's been used traditionally in, in this Iranian sort of Persian area where it's been used a lot. Um, they, they used it in the active phase of labour. They gave a capsule every two hours. And there was also a study um, over for PMS with an ethanol extract. Oh, okay. So there was a few, yeah. So um, and also for postmenopausal women with hot flushing and depression, there we um, go. They, they, were, they were significantly the symptoms were improved. So it's got it's really got a lot of. It's a, I think it's going to be a very popular asthma as well. Yeah, There's been a randomised trial on that in last year, showing that it um, in it for eight weeks um, the clinical symptoms were improved of asthma. Wow. Um, yeah. So. I mean, eight weeks is great because we're not necessarily going across seasonal, you know, times then. So eight weeks is long enough to get a good snapshot of when you've got that improvement and whether, you know, it was the saffron that did it. So that's... It has a long list of indications. It's, um, you know, as well as um, in one of the principal uses in the traditional, where it's traditionally used is bed wetting. Oh, and it's also obviously immunomodulating. They're really looking into that, you know, as far as potential role in the treatment of cancer. And there's clinical trials on that as well, on its immunomodulating effect in healthy people. Right. But it had, you know, it um, had immunomodulating effects. Um, and there's preclinical research on its use in cancer. So very exciting here for us to have added to our stable. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but it's main, I think what everyone sort of knows about. So this low mood, insomnia, cognitive disorder, improving brain function. Yeah, it's an amazing, amazing herb. We're really lucky to um, have access to it and be able to give it to our clients, especially those, you know, we've got a whole gamut of people, pretty much 50 onwards even 45 and then you know that you're going yeah actually all of the reasons are here for you to be having this herb when we're looking at well health and continued well health yeah, preventative. Mm, all that preventative stuff because you know the alzheimer's and all of those functional problems so if we can start early enough if there is that um you know genetic or familial sector you know susceptibility Sorry, say the word, then it's great to have these things so that we can yeah. start them on them at an early stage. And if they've already been on them because of the asthma or whatever, then we're, you know, it's a great one. Yeah. It's a really good one to have on the shelves. They said um, that lady who was taking, I mean, they just traditionally know to do that, to mm. have two stigmas a day to yep. fend off old age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, this was years ago that I had this conversation with her, but and it was before Saffron became a tincture for anyone. And I don't even know what we were talking about or how we'd got to it, possibly because my own mother is, you know, getting older. So it might have been a conversation about that. And it just it's just something I've it's always stuck with me. Two strands every day. Yeah. Cup of tea is how she had it. Exactly. I said, oh, with two strands of saffron. What a wonderful yeah. day. To live out your last years. <laughs> yeah. So um, an incredible, incredible herb that we're so lucky to have made available to us with so much research behind it, yeah. so much information and people doing work on it all the time. So we're super, super lucky. And have we missed anything from this one? Oh, there's a lot. I'm sure oh. we have. But there's a lot on it. But There's I think a lot on it. We've done well. You know, it's, a, it's an ancient herb that's got a lot of um, modern attention. Yeah, and um, mainly probably because of um, this low mood and, and brain function being a problem these days. Yeah, and I guess with all the traditional um, uses for it, and I mean a lot of those studies are coming out of Iran where it grows. So you know, if you've got something, as we've always talked about, if it's growing local to you, it's probably indicated for you. So um, saffron doesn't necessarily grow local to me. I have tried growing it and it didn't work but um it is something that's certainly been part of my culinary life and you know i have it in food and i you know if you go to the indian i always have saffron rice and i think you know there's it is part of pretty much everyone in a way that who hasn't heard of saffron who hasn't seen some golden food you know like the rice or whatever it is so it's an absolutely phenomenal herb we're very lucky to have it so one um, even at the high price that it is but it is you know you're not giving a lot of it it's not, no, it's yeah that is the <laughs> yes yes our golden spice so yeah, exactly red gold 100 so um i think we might leave it there Thank you so much for joining us and sharing so much information about not only the saffron, but the processes that we have to go through or you have to go through so that we as TGA registered practitioners can use those herbs because of course we want to be using the really high quality products that are available to us in Australia because of the standards that yep. we've set. We're very lucky, very lucky in Australia. Our standards yeah. are so high. I mean, these days, you know, with uh, COVID and the pandemic, uh, we especially there's other herbs as well that we have to be very careful about adulteration, not mm. just saffron, because um, you know a lot of herbs are now in demand and mm. hard to get. So things like elderberry, echinacea, withania, yep. um, any of these immunomodulating herbs, we're keeping a really close eye on identity to make sure there's no adulteration happening. Yeah. When there's money to be made, there's a temptation to adulterate. Yes. Yes, that is an absolute problem. That's one because you're working with those farmers for such a long time, you know, hopefully you're not going to find that with them because no, they're, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have very good quality, but you have to make yeah. sure. You have to make sure and it's great that you've got the processes, the systems and the skill base. You know, you've got your scientists in that that I met and they're all wearing their white coats. So, you know, you've got your scientists on staff who were doing that work and making sure that we are getting, we really are getting what it is. So it's amazing, amazing. Just keeping up, being aware of, the, of what you have to and specifically be looking out for the particular herbs. Mm. Yeah. Being extra careful with particular herbs. So, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. So, I think we'll finish there. So, thank you very much for joining us again, Christine, and talking to us about your beautiful new herb, saffron. And um, I really look forward to speaking to you again soon. 
Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients and practice. Bye for now.